What's up, guys? It's just Jacob Kazin, and you're listening to episode 82 of Who's on Top. And welcome back to episode 82 of Who's on Top. And no, this isn't the silky smooth voice of Ori Benari. He is at something we don't really know. So I'm stepping in. Of course, I'm Daniel Fox, head analyst. But let's meet the other three analysts, starting with the Russian machine down in Rutgers. That was Gordon. What's up, guys? Um, and look at all handsome up in Syracuse, doing a little chilling. Jacob Kasdan, how are you, buddy? I'm good, bro. How are you? I am fantastic now. And uh, let's talk some sports, King. Oh, let's talk some sports. And finally, down in Johns Hopkins, it is the fencing captain, Jeremy Giles. Hello, as always, at your service. And I am also ready to talk some sports. And let me tell you, boys and girls who are listening and French people, um, since we get a lot of those, this is one of the most exciting episodes. We've got temperature is thick. We got Jacob's Twitter game. We've got poetry. We've got obituaries. So let's get it started with the tip-off. And guys, I'll tell you, I'm a little sad. The Red Sox completely shut got shut down by the Astros over the last three games at this time recording last week pretty much since the last episode things have gone straight downhill you heard my reaction last time they blew it in the eighth inning and the ninth inning of game four some questionable umpire calls but I'm not Jacob I'm not gonna you know keep talking about it um game five they didn't show up except for Chris Sale Chris Sale pitched well they couldn't hit Framber Valdez and game six was just an embarrassment although Nivaldi did pitch well. So the Red Sox in the last three games, after the first inning of game four, they scored a total of one run. One run. So it's a bitter pill to swallow, but I'll get into my Red Sox eulogy later. Um, In the NLCS, uh, the Braves finally made it to the World Series for the first time since 1999. Doesn't sound like that long ago, but considering they're in the playoffs almost every year, it is a very long time. So happy for the Braves. Game one is going on right now. Um, the Braves jumped on Framber Valdez in the first inning, and Charlie Morton actually uh, broke his leg. Uh, I haven't been watching. I've been at baseball. But it's 5-1 Braves here in the top of the seventh in game one of the World Series. So with that said, let's move on to the NBA recap with BDK. BDK, we got a top 75 list, and we got the start of the NBA season. So tell us about it. All right. So this week in the NBA – the top 75 list was revealed. And I'm just going to mention some of the quick snubs that I personally and the media think were stubbed and should have made it. Dwight Howard, T-Mac, Tracy McGrady, Clay Thompson, Eddie Kyrie. was really pissed about T-Mac. Yes, Clay was pissed. No, Clay Thompson was pissed. Uh, he didn't make it. Yes, and Eddie, I'm sure, was pissed about T-Mac. But, uh, yeah, Kyrie also was stubbed. Makes no sense. Um, <laughs> Tracy McGrady is easily top 75. I agree. So he should have made reasons. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just like, can you just watch a highlight reel? That's yeah. it, that's all you gotta say. All right, well, if you if you if use that logic, Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. All right, calm down. Some other snubs Vince Carter, Chris Bosch, Tony Parker, as well. Monty Ginobili, also a bunch of Spurs legends getting left off. In my personal opinion, I think the biggest snub of the top 75 list was Dwight Howard. Uh, I think it's like he totally should have made it, T Mac as well. But, uh, you know, yeah, many some... people are saying Jason Tatum. What do you think about that, Jacob? Yeah, it should be quiet. Uh, next up, NBA news. Uh, Steph Curry and Miles Bridges win re- their respective conferences to players of the week. Bulls off to a quick start, 4-0. Knicks and Hornets both 3-1. and Go New York, go New York, go. Bing bong, bing bong. Uh, the Warriors are 3-0. The Lakers are off to a slow 1-2 start, already having some injury woes with LeBron out, out tonight against the Spurs with right ankle soreness. I was going to say, Ori's Bulls prediction so far, which was, you know, yeah. highly debated, is so far they're 4-0, and Zach Levine's averaging 26 apiece a night. Giga, for our listeners who are listening and can't see you, what, tell us what you're eating right now. Me and ice pop. Oh. oh, I love those. Wait, where yep. do you get those? Where do you get those? We ordered them off Amazon. They're so good. They come in boxes of 50. We put them in the freezer. I'm- Okay, I'm doing that right now. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm after this episode. I'm literally doing that right now. I They're love so those. good, bro. They childhood. Are so good. That's like childhood. childhood. Yeah. All right. Freezer um, pops. And they're not that unhealthy. Okay, they're but, definitely uh, yeah, healthy. But that, so that's it for the basketball roundup. Now heading off to Ellis for the college football roundup. Better match. All right. Syracuse. So a lot. It was a big college football bye week. I will. 
It was a big college football bye week, but next week's going to be action-packed. But let's talk about this week for now. Appalachian State upsets Coastal Carolina 30-27 on a last-minute field goal. Congrats to them. Cincinnati survives Navy. Michigan beats down Northwestern. Oklahoma, thanks to some ingenuity by Caleb Williams, survives probably the biggest upset, what would have been the biggest upset in program history versus Kansas. It was so bad, Kansas, halfway through the game, started letting people in for free because no one goes to Kansas football because they thought they'd win. But Caleb Williams, if you haven't seen this, I'll just explain it real quick. Caleb Williams was fourth and one down. They were up by like three, like, you know, trying to draw out the clock. They decided to run for it. He gets stuffed at the goal line. Or not the goal line, the one yard the line. Back. The running back. The running back. Caleb Williams, their quarterback, grabs the ball out of the running back's hand and takes it himself 10 yards to ice the game pretty much. So, yeah, Oklahoma survives thanks to that. Wake Forest took care of business. Pittsburgh, probably the surprise team of college football, beats Clemson. Now they're the 17th ranked team. Their quarterback is Bullen. BYU, again, barely survives, but wins against Washington. Mississippi continues their hot streak under Lane Kiffin, 31-17 in Baton Rouge, an Ed Oregon's team. And Oklahoma State pulls off, I uh, sorry, Iowa State pulls off the state, pulls off the upset on Oklahoma State. And um, that was big too. Um, some other quick games. Syracuse, walk-off touchdown. Oh, orange. Much. Versus, wait, why am I blanking? Versus Virginia Tech, great throw, I got to say. I'm not the biggest fan of that quarterback, but that was a ridiculous throw. But Sean Tucker Um, Heisman, baby. Sean Tucker Heisman. Be quiet. Be quiet. Um, Alabama took care of business after a really slow start. Oregon squeaks by Chip Kelly's UCLA, who's having a bit of resurgent season. A little bit of a comeback because they were down 14-0 in the middle of the second quarter. And I think, oh, Ohio State continues 54-7. And then the game of the week, the game of the college football season, Broke the record for overtime. I was watching this game with a bunch of my radio buddies. Illinois, Penn State. By the way, Illinois, captained by the old Rutgers QB, Arthur Sitkowski, going 8 for 19 for 38 yards and interception. But that didn't matter because both defenses were booling. And at the end of over uh, regulation, it was 18-18, and they went into overtime. One, two, three overtimes pass, and they go into a two-point conversion face-off. Now both, sorry, four overtimes pass. The first... Five two-point conversions neither team could make. Then, Arthur Sikowski gets injured. Penn State gets stuffed at the goal line. And here comes the old Michigan QB, Brandon Peters, in 9 OT. Already a record by two OTs. Finds the wide-open guy in the flat for the two-point conversion. Illinois pull off the massive upset versus Penn State. Um, crazy scenes in, in, um, in Champaign. Um, no, sorry, it was actually in, in um, Pennsylvania and Penn State. In Beaver Stadium. Penn State fans distraught, um, ruins their playoff hopes. It was quite the crazy game for sure. Illinois ran all over Penn State. Um, so that was the college football um, roundup. There's some good games coming up this week. We'll talk about them more in predictions. Now, Dan, back to you. Yeah, finally. I feel like, uh, you know, on paper, there haven't been a lot of good college football games recently. I think there's some in the SEC, but this week I, we have, what, two? Well, it was, the Penn State-Ohio State game looked better before the Penn, Penn State loss, but some good games. Um, so that was the tip-off, doo-doo. Um, now, I'm going to, you know, I write the script, so I threw in a little Red Sox eulogy because, you know what? I deserve it. I stuck with this team. Well, of course I stuck with this team. I'm a diehard Red Sox fan. 92 wins. Wasn't There was definitely some ups and downs. They played pretty much 500 ball from July 4th on. But this postseason was magical, beating the Yankees then beating the Rays in four games. And there's a bitter taste in your mouth because you feel like they could have been the Astros. They're six outs away from a 3-1 series lead. So they're right there. Some interesting things this offseason. Kyle Schwarber is a free agent. There's talks about uh, extension for Devers, what they're going to do with Bogarts because he might opt out next year. Eduardo Rodriguez is a free agent. But I'm very happy with the direction uh, that this team is moving forward in – Going forward, well, I'm very happy with the direction the team is moving in. Uh, Haim Bloom did a great job. All the signs from Kike Hernandez to Hunter Renfro to Garrett Whitlock. I know he wasn't signed Rule 5 guy. They've all worked out. So trust in him. Trust in Alex Cora. I know Ellis would have some things snarky to say. No, no, no. He's a, Alex Cora, I've said, is an amazing manager. Yeah. I just think he's a cheater. But he's an amazing man. Uh, Ellis, you got anything to say on the Red Sox before we move on? Anything quick? 
Um, no, I'll be serious. This team, this team is how a good championship team is built with consistency all around, not just home run power guys. This offseason is going to prove a lot. We'll see what they can do. It's it's probably a make or break offseason in terms of title hopes. Um, I'm worried about Chris Sale though, but that's a separate issue. But like, good run for the Red Sox. Obviously, you look really good in the. I, so part of me hates like Red Sox fans are so annoying. They're like, we exceeded expectations, but like, okay, calm down. But at, at some point, it is true. But and, did you like, do the five thing was where like, like we were people predicted eighty to eighty five wins, and we no, not- I get it, I get it, but like. But expectations change for the season. But regardless, you did exceed expectations. Yankees fans did like in 2017 when they're like, oh, oh yeah. But Yankees oh, fans are admittedly extremely toxic as well. Um, but yeah, no, the Red Sox are the Red Sox are in a good place. That said, this AL East is stacked. I mean, the Yankees are not great, but they're still the Yankees. Blue Jays are just ridiculous, and the Rays are ridiculous. So it's going to be interesting next year for sure. But the Red Sox are in a good place for sure. Jacob, you got anything to say about the Red Sox season? Uh, and it was a very great season for them. Super surprising pitching staff kind of showed up not the bullpen but some of their starters really showed up this year hitting was phenomenal and all, all sorts great trades of the deadline and uh they were uh, they're gonna be a force next year and i'm super nervous to be honest i know you were uh doing whatever you're doing you left camera for a little bit but i was just saying where i feel happy with how the season went um, no, i heard you i have my headphones on um i think it's time to move on long awaited jacob twitter game we need some theme music for this i went um, I took my computer down to the campus center, got a chicken Caesar wrap with fries, and just went to town on Jacob's Twitter. Scrolled all the way back to April. It made me sad, but I think it's all worth it right now. So let's get started. On Tuesday, last Tuesday, because I wrote this last week, the Yankees rewarded Aaron Boone with a brand new three-year contract. How many times did Jacob complain about him this year? As in like the this whole year? season? Entire baseball season. That's a lot, Good. man. Let I me go. Like, let me go. Forty-six. Thirty-seven. Like Eighty-five. Thirty-seven. Right. Ellis with a really good guess. It was forty-four. How many direct calls to fire him though? Out of those forty-four. Uh, 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 Twenty-one. 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 Twenty-one is a good number. Yeah. Thirty. Uh, you guys are close. It's nineteen. So forty-four uh-huh. times he complained about Air Boone. Nineteen direct. Calls to fire him. We need a percentage per game. So how many games are there in the season? 162? I'll do some math. Keep on talking. Okay. One out of every four games. Obviously, yeah. you know, you want to tirade and do six times per game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this one might surprise you. How many times this year did Jacob complain about the umps? 15. No, eight. Uh, uh, 20. No, no, no. If you said surprise, you'll go with 33. But originally, I would have guessed like 37. Oh, I'm going to guess like seven because I think it's probably low if you said surprise. Or I'm going to get 12. Oh. Well, no, you guys are way under. I should not have said surprise. It was 50. But I thought it would be a lot more. Yeah, me too. You're, but you saying that threw me off. Threw me. Yeah, yeah, I should have said that. So Jacob, I'll give him credit. He didn't complain about umps every game. You'd have a couple instances. Like there's a game, Jacob, you remember against the Royals, uh, where there's like a balk call or something. Yeah, and then there's there a strike three on Aaron Judge against the Athletics where you said the ump should become homeless. Um <laughs> You remember um, that? Yeah, so there was a couple of them, and then there was one against the Braves, I think, with Chapman on the mound. Something happened there. Um, but actually, a lot of your complaining about the umps is when the Knicks were playing Trey Young. That's where that might have been fifty by itself. Those aren't so, umps; those are refs. Yeah, I know refs, umps, same thing. But I didn't count those. Oh, okay. Uh, how many times this year did Jacob complain about stadiums? Twenty-two. Three. Go with 27. Um, somewhere in between. It was 14. I believe it was six about Fenway Park. Only six? six That's surprising. Six Tropicana Field. And there was two complaining about the weather and chicken tenders at Yankee Stadium. So chicken tenders at Yankee Stadium. The classic. So this is this is a really interesting one. What was Jacob's percentage in prematurely calling games? Ooh, this one I like. Thank you. This, like one. this one. He's probably he's probably good to be honest, because like yeah. usually he's good. I'll give I'll like give it 85%. I'll give, I'll give like it 90%. 80%. 80%. I'll give it 90%. Wait, what did you say, Jeremy? 80%. 80%. Is No, I'll give it 90. I, I believe in Jacob overall. It just pisses me off. It, it, it was only 60%. It was three. Oh my out. god. You would very often. Jacob. Did you see you want it was good though? You want it was good? What? what? I guarantee you, all those times it was wrong, it was against my team. 
So I ended up benefiting yes. because my team ended yes. up winning. Never, no, all five of these were against the Yankees. And two times they came back or didn't blow a lead. All right, now it's time for the main event, even though it looks like I was left. Up, oh, he's back. Um, I had to throw something out. Pickup status, tweets of the year. Yes. Go. Go. Let's get into it. At number three, we have a tie. Now, let me be clear with the parameters of this game. Um, I did not use likes, but I did use retweets. So basically, I view Jacob retweeting something as it coming out of his stupid mouth. So retweets do count. So number three, we have a tie between this game controls my mood for weeks and it feels like prison. Number two. Wait, sorry, have, Dan, 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 Dan. What's the last one you said about prison? I said life feels like prison. God. Number two, we have another tie between are the Yankees ruining my life? Yes. Will I continue to watch every game? Yes. And lose this game so I can go to sleep. We've got no shot. And they did end up losing that game. So and like, at number one, in Jacob's saddest tweet of the baseball season, it was a night of a Yankee loss on a cold start and a rough night on MLB The Show. Cups in the rosé. Good night to my few followers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, with that being said, let's go to Jacob's best tweet of the year. And by unanimous decision, it was, where's the tattoo, yeah. That that one was actually like that one should have gone viral. That was actually really good. I'm a little sad baseball season's over, so I can't see uh Jacob's uh tweets. I still um, do it a lot during the Knicks season. Yeah, a lot of Knicks, a lot of Giants, but it just it doesn't have the same fire. I feel like I think about this. Jacob, rank your in terms of like your most passion, rank Knicks, Giants, Yankees. Yankees, Giants, Knicks. Yeah, that's probably what I would well, anyway, Jacob, thanks for the content. Of course, um, always. Excited to yeah. give you guys some more soon. Keep it up. So let's move on to the temperature is thick. And today's thick question is, are the Bengals legitimate AFC threats? Ellis, let's start with you. Yeah, I've debated back and forth on this. Um, you know, they have an underrated defense. I'm out of, I'm out of tool on Zach Taylor, and their offense is underrated. Yeah, I feel like it's hard to put in words, but I feel like they're missing something. I don't know what exactly, but and this could totally be like hesitancy from the last two years, and I'm scarred from Zach Taylor, the Zach Taylor experience. But I feel like, first off, the offense didn't like show. Um, sorry, not the offense. Um, the offensive line still needs work, but it's been better. I feel like they're missing a key piece. Now I think they'll be a wild card team for sure. I just listen. Jamar Chase is ridiculous, and it's funny looking back at all the preseason stuff. I think we all bought it, but I feel like they're my gut is telling me I feel like they're missing something. But on paper, underrated defense, explosive offense, fine coach, makings of a legitimate tight AFC threat. I guess there's two bubbles of threats. There's like Super Bowl contenders and playoff contenders. I 100% think they're real playoff contenders. Like this is a real team. Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. Their offense has multiple receivers from Jamar Chase to T. Higgins to who's the third guy? I'm forgetting. Tyler Maybe. Boyd. Tyler Boyd. So they have multiple real receivers. They have a legitimate running back at Joe Mixon. Their line isn't great, but it's something. They have like an underrated defense. So I definitely think this is a real team and a real threat to win in the division. With that said, I don't know. Like, if I necessarily believe in their ability to string together games. I still think they're a bit Joe Burrow dependent. And so do I think they're Super Bowl contenders? No, I don't really see how they compete against like teams like the Bills, things like that. But do I think they're genuine contenders to make the playoffs and win this division? Yes, I do. What concerns me with the Bills is their offensive line. Joe, Joe Burrow is getting smacked. We saw an injury. Bengals, sk- not Bills. Oh, Bengals. What concerns me with the Bengals is the offensive line. We've already had a, Joe Burrow last year. He had an injury scare this year. Can he make it through now 17 games and into the playoffs? Um, and then Joe Mixon. They depend on Joe Mixon a lot. He is the guy. They've been mixing in a Perrine, I think how you say it is. But in the beginning of the season, he was getting 30, 35 touches a game. Um, so how long can they sustain it? And the defense is only middle of the pack. Obviously, it's improved from last year because they went out and 
um, added some pieces and it's been playing a lot better. They've been playing a lot better this year, but I mean, the bills are a way well more complete team. And you think the chiefs have to give it going at some point and the Titans have beaten both of those teams. So I don't know if the Bengals, as Jeremy said, I don't think they're top AFC contenders, but I think they're in a wild card somewhere a little below there. Yeah, I think Dan and Jeremy put it very well. They don't really got much to add. Doesn't they're a Super Bowl contender? I think they could definitely make a playoff push. But honestly, at this point, I think the Ravens are still going to win that division, personally. So, yeah, that's what I think. The Ravens just are so inconsistent. Like, I was reading a tweet by them. Um, I think it was – um, I forget who it was. Bye. Sorry for not crediting you, but – there's ridiculously inconsistent, like from not from like game to game from or quarter to quarter from drive to drive. They'll look like world beaters and then they'll look so bad. And like the Ravens, I'm just scared of the Ravens. But yes, um, I kind of agree with you guys all. What about flat? Do you think it's time for the Eagles to move on from Jalen Hurts? Um, I don't think it's like an immediate thing like they have to before the season ends. I don't think I'd roll with him for another season if you don't have to. I just think it's clear that even if he can be decent, He's not going to be good enough to make a Super Bowl or to carry a team or something like that. And I just feel like it's not worth sticking and building your team around a quarterback that you're not thrilled with. And I think you can get to the point where he's more serviceable and decent. I don't think you can ever get to the point where you're going to be that thrilled with him. Here's my issue with that. This, it's, these, these thick and um, flat are hard today because um, it's hard to tell if it's Jalen Hurts or it's Nick Sirianni and the talent around him. Jalen Hurts hasn't had much of a chance to succeed. And, you know, some of that's just the NFL. Even if you don't have a chance to succeed, you're going to be thrown away because of how the nature of the league works. But, you know, I look at Hurts and I'm like, yeah, he hasn't played the best, but he, he flashes every once in a while. And it's kind of like a Sam Darnold on the Jets situation. Now we're kind of seeing his true colors. But back then we're like, well, he's flashed. And he's, he's, he's the worst coach in the league with Adam Gase I'm talking about. And he has no talent around him. So is it Sam Darnold or is it the Jets or is it both? And I think Whoa. we're figuring out in that case, it was both. In can this I, case, can I one time, one in this case, I have no idea who it is. I think the thing I'll say about that is with Sam Darnold is it's kind of compounding, right? Like we see Sam Darnold is not even doing great with the Panthers now. He just got benched. Do I think that's because it was Sam Darnold? Not necessarily, but do I think that it part of the reason Sam Darnold's not great now is because of all the years he spent on the Jets where they were Fair point. his potential and kind of messing him up, not teaching, coaching him right. So I guess that even – I think Jalen Hurts, he has some natural talent, but he's not good enough to do well without great coaching. And so I'd be scared for his future after two years of not great coaching. Yeah, just looking at his stats, I mean, he's 26 in the league in QBR. So he is – one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, objectively, if you look at the numbers. And he just, you know, he's had some games where, you know, he shot out with the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs are terrible defensively and the Cowboys, who also have questions. But he passed for over 300 yards in both of those games. However, in three other games, he's passed for less than 200 yards. And in the last three games, his completion percentage is 59.5, 46.2, and 52.9. And in let's, a talk about, year, sorry, let's talk about a lot of those yards are garbage time. Yes, that, that's what I was going to say, too, against the Chiefs, against the Cowboys. A lot of those, his really, I think in my mind, only really good game came week one against the Falcons, who have a terrible defense. So with that being said, does he rush enough where you could sort of mask um, like his inability to really pass? And, you know, he is one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, but he, I don't think he's as dynamic. If he ran like Lamar – like maybe we could, you know, maybe we could be able to slow some of this effectiveness and inefficiency passing the ball. But since he's clearly a step below the top runners like Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, I don't know if you could. I mean, after a while, he's so efficient throwing the ball that he's a liability. All right. With that being said, let's continue with some NFL, and we are going to move on to some NFL poetry with our mighty poets. Always have some good things. Unfortunately, Ori's still not here, so we might not be able to hear his uh, magical voice, but we will start in the AFC East with Jeremy. He's always got something interesting for us. Oh, man. The AFC East this week was painful as watching the Jets. But anyway, let's do it. AFC East poem. Have you ever seen a truck get f- 
by a steamroller, run over by a colder man named Bill, feasting on a sack of mac and cheese, his one sneeze, snapping Wilson's knees in the small breed to just hopeless, getting paid less, more depressed, while mac and cheese gets some spice, low-key kind of nice, best rook QB, and that's on ice. The Dolphins cry and stamp their feet. The tramp stamp of QB pampered by Alabama can't light the offense. Dim lamp Atlanta won no cramps. Thank you very much. Short but sweet, Jeremy, but we liked it. AFC North this time with BDK, famous Lamar hater. Will we have any of that in today's poetry? Maybe a little bit. The Bengals destroyed the Ravens and had a big cheer. Jamar Chase is looking like the clear rookie of the year. Even without Hunt and Chubb, the Browns just barely etched out a win. Dearness Johnson said, ah, here you go, fantasy fantasy managers. Let me see you grin. The Steelers were on by, so they could not lose. Big Ben and Juju just spent the week drinking a lot of booze. The Ravens just didn't have enough in its tank. Lamar Jackson being a top QB is really not his rank. Very nice, BDK. Thank you, thank you. Let's move on to the AFC South with Ellis. All right. Once again, the number two poke is stuck with the AFC South. The Texan season is in desperate need of a mouth-to-mouth. Six straight L's seems like a steep hill, especially when your QB is Davis, Davis Mills. They put up a five-burger against the cards. Murray turned up their turn... Murray turned their defense into shards. Jaguars escaped a loss with the bye. Next week versus the Geno Smith-led Seahawks, they have a chance to win two in a row and fly. And the Colts started off piss poor, but they are three and one since week four, and their losing streak is no more. Wentz has been playing like his, like his big baller days, but a rematch with the first-place Titans stand in their way. Oh, my God, Derrick Henry, that's the tweet. Watching him run over defenders is oh so sweet. The whole Titans offense got a fearsome attack. They got two senior twins versus the Chiefs and Bills back-to-back. This division will come down to the Titans and Colts. The Jaguars and Texans are not giving this division a jolt. You know, Ellis, I've been a vocal critic of your poetry, and you you start off really strong. I liked the uh, mouth-to-mouth, um, the mills and the hills, but again, little nursery rhymey at the end. So just try and keep it going for some my best. Let's move on to Jacob with the NFC East. All right. The Cowboys had a bye this week. Meanwhile, the Eagles wanted to give the Raiders the beak. Philly took a tough loss to Derek Carr and his boys, sent them back to Philly where the fans make lots of noise. Washington looked like they had a chance early, but with some sloppy play, took a fat loss. Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams reassured everyone who's the boss. My New York Giants with a big win, crashing the Panthers and sending them to the bin. Danny Dimes with the catch of the year, and if only if you guys use your ear to listen to me when I said he was legit. Two and five, now we sit. Wow, that last one was good. That last I, think that was, I think that was one of my better poems. It's funny yeah, how it silent Jacob gets when the Giants are lose, yet. No, uh, I'm never silent, bro. Well, you just completely forget uh, to criticize Daniel Jones, I guess. Because he doesn't play bad this year at all, bro. No, I re- of I've course, lost every single can. giant snap this year. Have you? I don't doubt no. it, Jacob. You know what? You never back down, and you're usually always right. So I commend you for uh, that. Well, Let's move on. It's sixty percent of the time always right. That's yeah, only if I say the game's over. It's like that, that scene was, from that Anchorman. That was a small sample size. That was only a five. It's like that yeah. scene from Anchorman where, like, I'm right fifty percent of the time, all the time. That's Jacob. Yeah, but yeah, it was only a small sample size, and I was, if remember, because you cheated off me in statistics every day, you wouldn't know that small sample. Is not good. I don't, think I, that's like, I don't think I ever cheated off. Statistics. A is statistics. Oh, wait, you're talking about Ellis. Also, if Ellis. I cheated, also, if I cheated, yeah, Jake and Dan cheated on you, not me. I know, I, I know, but you were the one who was racking me. <laughs> I know I did because I got like a C in statistics. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> wait, actually, statistics is so much easier in college. I know, I'm doing that. so well in it. I have an A. 100 on my midterm. It was perfection. Anyway, not the point. Um, Let's move on to the NFC South. Home of the fighting Tom Brady's with Ellis. Mm, the NFC South, another one-team-led show. The rest of the team suck, for show. Panthers and Darnold started hot, but their groove and flow by week four began to rot. Four straight L's for the Car- Carolina crew, but it's not like the Falcons are competing, too. The Falcons won a thrill against the Dolphins of Miami. This puts their record at 3-3. Three and three. A mediocre team without a good blitz. Hey, at least they got that good Kyle Pitts. Okay, the Saints, who are very hit and miss. Some weeks, Jameis is amazing, and some weeks, some weeks his throws are trash and piss. This Monday night game was pure trash. 
13-10, everyone turned off the TV in a flash. The best team in the division are the Tampa Bay Bucks. They beat the brakes off the Bears, and they just did it rough. This is the best team in all the South. Tom Brady loves his kid, giving his kids mouth-to-mouth. I don't know how that happened twice, but yeah. When Tom Brady throws the ball, everyone gets an erection. Sucks that he def supported the insurrection. Also, real quick, real quick. I couldn't fit in my poem. I couldn't fit in my poem, but like Brian Burns for the Carolina Panthers is ridiculous and is the most underrated player in the NFL. Also, quick shout out, quick shout out, Aziz Ojulari. No, this is not about. Yes, he is, but but I'm talking about he is the most underrated player in the NFL. Um, Also, I got a B plus in statistics. I remember now, or B. No, maybe I did get a C plus. Anyway, Jeremy, go on. Uh, no, first, Alice, you sh- should be suspended for trying to rhyme show and for show. That yeah. is the good thing with me, Dan, is like you can tell you can tell Dan when I don't have a rhyme. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, very obvious. All right, NFC West, Jeremy, no right. Russell Wilson. Still got to do this poetry. Let's see what you got. Yeah, let's finish it off strong. I like the Seahawks this week. Uh, the Cardinals are the Cardinals of the division. The division usually saw with division. Now as a leader on a mission, undefeated, they take no intermission in this battle of attrition. Cooper Cup said, sup, two TDs is up. The Lions don't know what's up. Hit him in the balls. They had no cup. The 49ers are whiners, constantly piners, trying to be big dog climbers, knocked down old timers by the Colts riders. The Seattle Seahawks will never balk. All right, Wilson in chalk, not ink. Can never walk. Ten points, no more Carol. Great talk. All they can do is balk as the offense's mouth gets socked. Thank you very much. Very nice. I like the different style. Jeremy always brings something different as opposed to the monotone rhymes of Ellis and Jacob. Enough from me. Let's move on to predictions. Uh, I just, you know, I was bored um, in class. So I counted up all the uh, predictions and I am up by nine on Jeremy and over 20 on Jacob and Ellis. Guys, you got anything to say for that? I actually have a question. How is that pot? Like, would I understand me? Because I've definitely sucked this year. But how is like I thought Jacob won almost as much as you. Yeah, I won like the first like five. I won like four in a row. But maybe I was thinking. I was thinking it could have been twenty twenty. We'll move on to predictions for this upcoming week. Um, we got seven seven games. Um, I added one because there's a really good college football game. Yeah, so we got a wide variety. Let's start off with the World Series. Braves versus Astros. We are all picking the Astros. Jacob, tell us why. Yeah, I think a big part of this is just the Astros, their offense and their team and their names are just hotter. Offense, offensively, the Astros are one of the best teams in baseball. And obviously we saw that when they cheated whenever whenever that was. But uh, they totally backed it up this year. And I think the Braves obviously missing Acuna. And now Charlie Morton, unfortunately, is out for the rest of the series. Then those are two huge losses. Obviously Acuna, they, have, hasn't ha- they haven't had him all year. But I just think I like the guts of this Astros offense. And I think they want it more than the Braves do. So that's why I think the Astros are going to win. Okay. Uh, Ellis, why are we all picking the Nuggets against the Mavericks? Wait, can I really say, I'll explain. Can I say real quick my Astros take? I'm, I picked the Astros. We all did. Um, But I'm worried because, like, I know on paper, but the Braves low-key feel like a team of destiny for whatever reason in my mind. But despite all that, I mean, you got to – at least I – personally want to go with on paper and they lose Charlie Morton. They're winning right now 6-1, so the Braves will probably take game one. But I got to go with Astros. But this could bite me in the butt bad. All right. Um, Nuggets. Not too bad because we all picked them. Yeah. M- Nuggets, Mavericks. I mean, we talked about the flaws of the Mavericks on the offseason. Right now, they're 2-1, so not playing too bad. But this is a Luka Carey team. I like the Nuggets. They're more well-rounded. But it's really Luka and I guess Tim Hardway Jr., who's kind of a baller. Um, especially um, next season. But I mean, this Nuggets depth is great, and I just, I just think Luca's great. I just don't like trusting a team that has it all on one guy's shoulders. Unless his name's LeBron. As Daniel, we, Daniel, Daniel, casually changing his picks as Alex speaks. Well, because I got a little update from my NBA insider that Nikola Jokic is out for the game with a left knee contusion, and as Ellis showed us last week, you're allowed to change your picks before the game starts. So I'm gonna roll with the Mavericks. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah. She's out for no, one no, 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 no. Once, once Dan says it, it's done. We moved on. Okay. All right. And a late night surprise: the bearded, handsome man himself, Ori Benari. Ori, I've been doing my best impression of you, trying to be a good host, but I am nowhere near as good as you. So for the rest of the predictions, let's give it back 
to the king from William and Mary. Well, the king from Ithaca probably did a really good job. I have absolutely no doubt that as the head analyst, he also made a fantastic host. Stop um, it right now. <laughs> All right, and let's move on to our final NBA game, the Jazz and the Bulls. The Jazz have started off pretty hot, but guess what? My favorite team now, except for the Pistons, the Chicago Bulls with their big three, DeMar DeRozan, Alonzo um, Ball, and uh, – Wait, did I say Zach, Zach Levine? Levine? And Zach Levine. And, and Nikola guys, Vucevic. And Nikola. But you guys – and not to forget Alex Caruso and the Caruso. Uh, but do you guys know the big three's nickname now? DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, and Zach Levine. It's the Ball Zach. And they've been incredible. The three of them have been absolutely incredible. And Zach Levine might be looking like a front runner for MVP. With that – Jeremy, why are you picking this? Hey, I heard, I heard. It's funny. I was on TikTok and I heard that Zach Levine MVP champ. Wait, hold up, Ellis. They were yeah. chanting. Now. I'm just saying. I, I, he's I, like, he's off the season. Corey, put on, Corey, put on that bet. Put on that bet. He's like low minutes. odds. It's time for the Colin Smith take of the week. Our NBA insider, Colin Smith from California. What depressed you in the first week, Colin? Two things. About what? About the NBA in general. Just takes. Go get him. Yo, I met you. Guys, defense is back. Defense is back. Number one, uh, I like the rule changes. James Harden. Um, James Harden, bro. That's really I got. It's been. A, it's gonna be a good season. Yeah, it's be a good season. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was NBA Insider Colin Smith. Um, Dude, not was- to mention Colin Smith looks incredibly handsome and well done. I don't know that man. That man, uh, you know, may convert me a little bit. I'm getting some tingles. Yeah. All right, with that, Jeremy, why um, are you taking the Jazz? Hello, yes. Honestly, <laughs> I just kind of trust them more at this point. I think the Bulls, now that they aren't a good team, but they're still relatively young. They still have a core that's getting used to playing together. And I who they played that's good. Sorry, Tobin. Who they played that's good? Pistons, Pelicans, Pistons, Raptors. Those are four bottom of the tier teams. Listen, the Bulls, I think, are going to be very good. I don't doubt Ori's prediction, but the Jazz, I guess the Knicks haven't played good, but the Jazz are going to be no. their first. No, but I actually agree with Jeremy's take. And this is going to be the – if you could consider the Knicks good, this will be their second hard test. If not, this will be their first hard test of the season. The Jazz have been battle-tested. I like Jeremy's point. And I just like the Jazz. I like Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think they take this one early on in the season. Jake, why are you taking DeBalzac? Yeah, so this is actually pretty funny that we have the Jazz-Bulls game here because just before the podcast started, I was over in my friend's room, and we were actually talking about the Jazz. Yeah, we were watching the Jazz-Nuggets game. We ordered some Wendy's. Uh, we were talking about the Jazz Nuggets game, and we were talking about the Jazz and how to how they they have a great roster and all. They're just stuck. Like in my in my odds, like not my odds in my in my opinion, the Jazz could have the one seed in the Western Conference. They will never win a championship. Just to put that out there with this roster. But uh, in terms of this game, I love Zach Levine. Always have. But uh, yeah, I really like what the Bulls have done there. You've got a new new young coach. Their, their players are playing fantastically. And I think they've got more uh, more stars and more talent than the Jazz roster. So that's why I'm taking the Bulls. And I think I the- might, if I, can I say something about the Jazz? What you say is true, that I agree with this roster. They're kind of stuck. I don't really see how they improved significantly from last year. And I'm not sure they'll be able to get over the hump. For what regular season, what we're doing now, I don't think that matters to me. What matters in the Jazz play very well in the regular season, so that's why I'm going with the Jazz. The yeah. postseason, I'm not trying to pick the Jazz in this matchup. I think me and Jacob are similar, where we're looking for championships. We're not just looking for good regular season teams. Do you? Well, Jacob's a Yankees fan, so maybe scratch that. But that's just how we feel. That's why we're not sold on the Jazz. Am I right, Jacob? It's about championship. Yes. All right. Uh, so with that, we conclude our basketball segment, and we move on to some college football, Ohio State at Penn State. Penn State coming off a crazy, crazy nine-overtime game. Ellis, as our fo- fla- college football correspondent, I think you can take this away first. Yeah, this is an interesting game because it's two teams that are heading in the opposite direction. At the beginning of the season, Ohio State was looking bad, and that, ha- that was probably because they had a bunch of new rookies, not rookies, freshmen coming in. Um, and they weren't yet like acclimated to like playing at Ohio State. And Penn State looked amazing. Now Penn State has a lot of questions, and Ohio State has been scorching hot ever since they decided to blast Rutgers to the 
ultimate universe. So Pat, here's the thing though. Sean Clifford, Penn State's QB is healthy now fully. He wasn't fully healthy for the Illinois game. You could see that. And so his Penn State team is still good. That said, Ohio State's defense has been showing up and their offense has been showing up. We know what Penn State defense is about. We know they're elite. Is their offense ready to show up? Clifford being healthy will help that, but I am not trusting them to show up. All right. So with that, let's move on to um, very knowledgeable on college football, Jeremy Giles. Jeremy, why are you taking Ohio State here? So uh, with that being the uniform pick, Ohio State, unfortunately, um, as chance of Ohio ring throughout the nation, Ohio. Let's move on to a more interesting college matchup, Michigan at Michigan State. I believe it's the six and seven. Am I eight, eight, Michigan State's eight, eight. Six and eight, six and eight. Yeah, six and eight. Uh, I think this is one of the most highly ranked, like uh, when Michigan and Michigan State play each other. Me, obviously, a Michigan fan. Go blue till I die. Uh, so who are we taking here? Ellis, why are you taking Michigan State and why are you wrong? Um, <laughs> this, well, I'll start off with Michigan. This is a statement stretch for Michigan. They got Michigan State, then they got Penn State, then they got Ohio State. If they want to prove they're legitimate CFB contenders, they got to beat all three. These teams are very similar, similar built, except Michigan has the slight edge on defense. But these are both two run, run heavy teams with eh, passing plays. Now, here's why I'm picking Michigan State. I know Jacob's not here and he's going to be pissed at me for saying this. Michigan State is the best running back in the nation. Sean Tucker's number two. Michigan State is the best running back in the nation. And Michigan's running backs are like probably like four and five, respectively. But when, when two teams that play similar styles, I'm taking Kenneth Walker, the running back, over anyone, averaging 7.2 yards a carry, I believe. He's insane. And I know Michigan's defense is better, but it, this is going to be a really close game. Oddsmakers have Michigan as two-and-a-half-point favorites. But in a game of attrition, when they're just going to be running the ball after running the ball, give me Kenneth Walker, the best running back in college football, to come up clutch and win them the game. Yeah, this is going to be one of those classic, ugly Big Ten games. You know, think I won, you know, back in their heyday, or Michigan State. Um, and I always like the home teams in that. Uh, that could, that adrenaline in these physical games can push you. Um, sorry, Ori, I know you've stood behind my Bucks, You've stood behind my Red Sox. But... The predictions come first. You are such a close second, but <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry. Jacob, I called Kenneth Walker better than Sean Tucker. I hope also, you know that. Also, that's a bad argument because Sean Tucker also, has more all-purpose yards and all-purpose touchdowns. But Kenneth Walker has more, but Kenneth Walker averages more per catch and more per carry. Also, per touch. That's true. Okay. I don't care. Let's move on to another game that we're in complete agreement on but let's move on to the nfl uh packers at cardinals we've all picked the cardinals uh wait hold up hold up hold up two people changed their picks from penn state to ohio state what is this well i picked it before we even started talking jeremy picked it uh while while ellis was talking you can't change it while talking okay i'll put it back all right jake what do you think about michigan is uh is dana miller gonna be happy this week Danny Miller is going to be super happy this week. These are the only two, not the only two, but two of the two of the few undefeated teams left in college football. Michigan versus Michigan State. I've just got faith in Michigan. I know. Where is it? Is it home or is it away? I mean, they're right. Campus is right by each other, but I think I know, it's still away. It's in Michigan State. It's in Michigan yeah. State. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a competitive game. But I think, I think that de- defensively, Michigan's just got a just got a just got a better defense than Michigan State. There was somewhere that I was looking for, but I couldn't quite grab it right there. But uh, yeah, in the end, I just think Michigan's got a little bit of a better chance to win this game. And I'm going to ride with uh, Dana Miller's boys. Dana Miller's boys. All right, let's move on to the NFL where two scorching teams are facing each other. The Cardinals are 7-0, Packers 6-1. Who's taking uh, the trophy? Jake, take it away. I got this one. So a quick fun fact. This is only the seventh time in NFL history where two teams with six-game win streaks are facing each other. But, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a great game. And all of us, all four of us, Jeremy, Daniel, Ellis, and myself, we all chose the Cardinals to win this game. One reason, they are healthy. For the, for the Packers, Devontae Adams out with COVID this week, as well as Alan Lazard. Marquez Valdez-Scantling still coming back from the IR. Unquestionable to play this week. So their receiving core is looking really shot for this week. Also, defensively, the Packers' defense does not look very good. Even though on PFF, they're the number one tackling team. I've seen lots of misplays and lots of uh, just terrible decisions by the Packers defense. Defensively, Cardinals team, very, very underrated. 
Isaiah Simmons, JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, Buda DeBeka. But uh, yeah, this Cardinals defense is just scary. And uh, they got my, my Syracuse boy over there, Chandler Jones, turn up this year. But uh, I think it should, be, it should be a good game. But I think the Cardinals are going to win by at least two touchdowns. Can I, um, can I tell you exactly how this – I don't think this is going to be a close game at all. Here's what's going to happen. Devontae Adams is out. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have a sh- game. He's going to pout and whine once his team's down 14-0 in the first quarter. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, is Aaron Rodgers done? Aaron Rodgers uh, – Stands on Twitter are going to be like, look at the defense. Oh, he has no help for God. And then next week he's going to go off. Everyone's going to be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, MVP. It's a state every time. I but mean, in this- Dan, this might be the one game where he actually has no help, though, to be fair. because Yeah, well, you know, he's going to pout and whine and play like shit. And I know it. Sometimes, you, sometimes your star receiver is hurt. Tom Brady didn't have Antonio Brown. Like, figure it out. But he's not okay. going to. All right, but when Tom Brady doesn't have Antonio Brown, know, still it's Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Point. Aaron Rodgers is going to whine and pout all game. Cardinals going to run up the score. Everyone's going to say Aaron Rodgers is done. And uh, then he's going to have one good game, and everyone's going to be like, oh, MVP. You know, how it always is. I do agree with you about one thing that I feel like the Cardinals are going to win this game. I think you'd fully healthy. The Cardinals might be a better team. I think are likely the better team. And without Devontae Adams, I just don't see how this PBA offense is going to function because he's such a pivotal part of that offense right now. All right. So let's move on to our other premier matchup of the week, Titans versus Colts. Uh, Colts had a hard-fought win in the rain against San Francisco. And the Titans are coming off a great blowout versus Kansas City. Mahomes was injured, but even so, Titans really made their mark. Derrick Henry looking unstoppable, threw for a touchdown pass. Daniel, you're the only one taking the Colts. Why is that? Yeah, I think this is a trap game. The Titans come off an emotional win versus the Bills, and then they play the Titans, and then they play the Chiefs, who have been their nemesis, and they finally get over that hump. And the Colts, really, they are peaking at the right time. Carson Wentz has, I think he's leading the lead in big plays. And Jonathan Taylor, he started off the season slow, but he's really playing well. And this is a really good, well-rounded team. Little weak at receiver, but they're still finding ways to make big plays. And they're at home. Uh, Titans have been asking a ton of Derrick Henry. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to ride with the Colts. Uh, Jake, why are you taking the Titans here? Yeah. Uh, personally, I'm taking the Titans. Last week, they showed that they don't have to have that dominant pass, that dominant rush attack like they have every game this season except last week to win games. Derek County only had 85 rush yards, which obviously is great. It's a good game, but only had 85 rush yards. For him, that's really not a lot. And I just think this Colts, this Colts defense, I believe they, they just played the Niners, right? And they gave yeah. a lot of rush yards to Eliza Mitchell, especially early on. And I think if you if you let Derrick Henry get those early game big yard rushes, that he's just going to tire out this Colts defense and DeForest Buckner and uh, whatever their line what's their line their linebacker Darius, Darius Leonard. Leonard yeah Buckner and Darius Leonard are just going to tire out quickly and without those two making big plays this Colts defense looks very very poor and offensively I just think the Colts don't have enough to keep up with the Titans so that's why I'm taking the Titans. The one thing I will say and I do think the Titans are going to win. But is I think it could be – I really could see the Colts winning just because the Titans get so hot and cold the past few weeks. Like they just came off this awesome one win against Kansas City. But I just remember, like, I believe it was two weeks before, they lost to the Jets. So it's just – to me, it's just kind of insane that I feel like with the Colts, it's really hard to predict just because we really don't know which Colts team is going to show up each week. Though the Colts team that shows up last week shows up, I think they're definitely going to win. Ellis. Uh, you have anything to say about this? Oh, no, I just Derek Henry is amazing. That's it. Now, let's move on to our wax for the week, which is not a wacky sport because honestly, I read something today right before the podcast. No, no, I read something today right before the podcast and I thought knew Ori would like it. And I was like, I just got to bring this up. I knew Jeremy would like it. Dan would probably like it too. And I was like, so we're skipping wax for the week for a fun fact of the week, just going off the cuff. In today's news, Pablo Escobar. Co- I don't know if you saw this. Cocaine hippos are are were ruled in a court of law as legal people. So now the in Pablo Escobar hippo infestation or the Pablo Escobar caused hippo infestation in Colombia. All those hippos are now people in a court of law, oh my according God. to the USA. 
Ori, we, we I know you got a lot. I know you got a lot of thoughts about this. One. Before we before we conclude, Ori, Jeremy, Dan, what are your thoughts on these hippos? Solo quiero decir que mis hermanos hipopótamos son personas finalmente y estoy muy agresado que la corta de Colombia decidió que podríamos hacer personas de los hippos. And I'm very happy. I don't know what you just said, but I see those. I'd like to reach out to translate a little thank you to my Colombian brothers, my hippos. Hippos are actually my favorite animals, and Pablo Escobar is my favorite narco trafficker. So I guess it's just a match made in heaven. Man, hippos are dangerous. Hippos are the most dangerous animal in the world. Did you know that? In fact, the most dangerous animal in the world is now are now people. Oh boy, that sounds fun. So I support this. Thanks, Jeremy. That was cohesive. Uh, Daniel, you got any thoughts on this? No. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I thought that was funny and a good fun fact. To end off on. A nice I, light I note. Appreciated that tremendously. I love hippos. I love Colombia. I love drugs. So let's move on. Oh, oh wait. you you love well, all the drugs, Ori. You're from Colombia. Yeah. So Dan, you should have thought. Uh, I'm pro Colombia. All right. With that. With that beautiful last words, let us wrap up this podcast. All right, let's do this quick. If you want to see the highlights of our podcast going in our beautiful faces, go on YouTube at Who's On Top, WHO Podcast, Space ON, Space COP. Like, subscribe, comment. Turn on that notification bell. Episodes, highlights always come out Saturday. Um, we'll try to keep them shorter. That's my fault. Um, now, if you just like the podcast for everywhere but Amazon Podcast at Who's On Top, same spelling. Like, subscribe, comment. We our logo is white with all the sports and who's on top logo in the middle, like the, the in font. Um, like, subscribe, comment. Eighty-two episodes on there. You can go check out. Some might be a little outdated, but we still. It's been two years. It's, it's almost been two years, actually. Speaking of, we'll get to that soon. But yeah, so like, subscribe, comment, turn notifications because we still a little inconsistent with our posting. So please do that as well and share and support the podcast. Thank you. Social media is what.podcast, what.podcast for both Instagram and Twitter. That's W-O-T.P-O-D-C-S-T. On Twitter, you can find always the new podcasts, plus Dan's live tweets, so usually Boston things. On Instagram, you got polls. Can't do that anymore. We'll come back. Well, you also got the Bucks and Patriots. But on Instagram, you got what.podcast, you got polls, photoshops. You can use the link in our bio to listen to the podcast, and you always know when a new episode is out. I think that is all the news and uh, sorry. I think that is all the notes we have for today. Anyone got any last words? Jeremy is falling asleep at twelve I o'clock on a Wednesday. Awake. Sure you are. All right. Sure I think that's it. As always, have a great week. Hope you join the podcast. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye.